You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Yes, hello, everyone. Uh, As you heard, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. And uh, for something new and different, we're going to be talking about security. And of course, I joke when I say that. We've been talking about security a lot on this podcast over the last uh, year or so. Uh, But we have kind of an interesting take on it today, looking at it more from the point of view of securing uh, cloud native uh, applications and infrastructure. And with me to talk about that is Stephen Jaguer. Did I say that right, Stephen, by the way? I'm sorry. It's okay. It's it's Jaguer. Jaguer. Yeah, make it sound French, but a bit of a flourish. (laughs) Excellent. Anyway, thank you. Uh, uh, Stephen is uh, with a company called The Bridge Crew. Uh, and they, of course, are in the security space. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Stephen. Good to have you with us. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. And uh, to, just just so you know up front, I'm sitting in the middle of a conference. So if you hear weird noises, it's me. <laughs> okay, good to know. Uh, excellent. So yeah, let's talk about uh, cloud-native security and looking at it from the point of view of, again, shifting security to the left uh, so what does that mean in terms of um, securing applications that are running containers or Kubernetes or things like that? Okay, that's kind of a big uh, a big question to start things off with. Um, where we're saying cloud native, what we're, what we're alluding to is most people digital transformation the way they think about software. They might be moving from a monolith to a microservice architecture. They're employing new tools. They're moving from data centers into the cloud. All of these things stack up to create an entirely new threat landscape. So when we're talking about um, shifting left, what we're trying to do is adapt our security tooling, our automation, our processes, and our culture to map to what is essentially now a DevOps culture where due to microservices, teams have become smaller and they've become disparate and they've become independent and they've become autonomous. Well, because of that, having a security team that thinks that they can apply security tools to this kind of new way of thinking in this new culture is very difficult. So if we can shift left, what we really mean is shift early, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to get the developers themselves to understand understand the security risks that they're introducing as part of this new cloud native threat landscape so that they're doing, let's say, the best they can uh, with the information that we can provide them so that there's less to do later on. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, uh, as I said, I mean, this is a conversation now that we've been having for quite some time. And what it comes down to in a lot of cases is people are saying there's just not enough investment in training developers about security. Uh, this is not something they went to school for. This is not something that they've normally had to worry about. Now, all of a sudden, we're putting this on developers. And uh, and very often, they don't have the skills or the tools necessary to actually do what's being asked of them. So ha- is is education the answer to overcoming that hurdle? Or uh, is it going out and, and upskilling people or reskilling them? What do you think is the best approach there? Well, it's kind of all of the above, actually. Certainly, we need to do we need to better on education. Even if you study cybersecurity in school or university, they tend to focus on things like encryption or things that we understand uh, in that space. Um, so there is more work to be done there, but I think um, a lot of good work is actually being done at the moment by the vendors themselves that sell the tooling because we know that it's difficult. We know that we need to upskill. 
we know there's a skill shortage in security and that developers don't necessarily have that out of the box. So we're trying to produce tooling that is friendly, that introduces into the developer environment. And when we provide feedback that is security related, we're doing it in a way that speaks the developer's language. So at the same time, they're getting more secure, they're learning why they're getting more secure at the same time. So there's, I think it's on at the moment, it's on the people who are creating the tools to make it easy to use so that's both effective, secure, and educational. Mm-hmm. Great. So for listeners who might not be familiar with Bridge Crew, uh, maybe you can give us a little uh, you know, brief uh, history of the company, how it started, when, and, and how you chose this space. Okay, yeah, sure. So Bridge Crew is not very old. It actually is amazingly recent. I think it came out of stealth just over a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the product of uh, our CTO who wrote a tool called Chekhov, which is, you're probably catching the Star Trek theme already with the Bridge mm-hmm. Crew and the Chekhov. Um, and it was an infrastructure as code scanning tool. It was primarily for AWS and for Terraform. So when people were provisioning their cloud, they would be using a stateful language like Terraform to do so. What we, what, well, let's say Barack, who was our CTO, found is that it was very easy to get that wrong. Um, we see unencrypted open S3 buckets in the news quite often over the past five years, just as one example of how you can misconfigure your, your cloud. Mm-hmm. And he started creating an automated tool that would check Terraform to make sure that you had done things according to security and best practice. From there, let's say that escalated and they created a, while Chekhov is still free and you could still download it and you could still use it on the command line, the Bridge Crew product is a SaaS solution. So think of it as Chekhov as a, as a service. Mm-hmm. And that just makes the whole thing a lot easier and scalable. So what you can do now is you can plug in your GitHub repo and your destination cloud, and it will scan both of them in an automated way with every pull request, with every change, and give you your security posture. But even more than that, it will compare the two and tell you where you may have drift, where your cloud no longer matches the code that provisioned it, which is also can be a really big problem. So that's where we are now, a year and a half later, and we've been acquired by Palo Alto, which was a big deal that happened earlier this year. Yes, uh, we reported that as well. Uh, so that, of course, gives you much more resources and uh, I guess the ability just to build out what you're doing more quickly with more resources. Exactly, exactly. It's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So uh, I know also, uh, as I said at the top, that you have uh, an announcement that times up with KubeCon regarding a container vulnerability scanning tool. So uh, why don't you uh, dive into that a little bit and let us know what that's all about? Yeah, sure, sure. So the SaaS platform that I mentioned that runs Chekhov that is known for scanning, well, it can be scanning Terraform, CloudFormation, YAML for Kubernetes deployments, Helm. As part of those repos that are focused on Kubernetes, there, if it's YAML or it's Helm, there's almost always also a Docker file there. And what we've added as one of the capabilities within Bridge Crew is the ability to scan that container, build that container in a sandboxed environment, scan it for vulnerabilities, and report those vulnerabilities alongside the scans of the Kubernetes YAML or Helm so you get the full security picture all in one place. Which is really interesting having come from that space because typically I've seen container vulnerability scanners, and I've seen infrastructure as code scanners. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen anybody do it all in one spot, do both. So that's yeah. why it's really quite exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was actually going to get at for a second. Uh, because of the complexity of applications these days, 
it, it almost seems like these scanning tools also have become very kind of, I don't know if niche is the right word, but okay, we're a, a Kubernetes uh, scanning tool or a container scanning tool. We're just a, a, a general security tool for developers to use. So is there any kind of standard or overarching platform that provides all of the um, security that, that people would need based on all the different uh, layers of an application these days? A one-size-fits-all solution from Palo Alto, that is their objective. I mean, Prisma is very much like when I was at Synopsys. Mm -hmm. It is the product of many excellent acquisitions, for example, Twistlock, uh, Redlock, which all have new names under the Prisma banner. Mm -hmm. But the idea there was to try to create a one-size-fits-all solution for cloud-native security. And I think Bridge Crew was kind of the final piece of that puzzle where you've added infrastructure as code and you've got something that's very developer-first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why are we still seeing the same vulnerabilities that were reported in the OWASP report like 20 years ago? Uh, and, and how come these, these issues aren't being solved? And now we're adding new issues on top of them because of the extra complexity. Um, so so what is actually, you know, holding holding things back from actually, uh, you know, getting to where we need to be with security? That's, that is a big part of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, five years ago, most people were writing monoliths using Java, and Java is a very predictable language. It's mm -hmm. got a lot of experience. We understand the abuse cases. We understand how to make it secure. And now developers are getting that autonomy to choose the tech stack that they want, that they think best fits their environment. So we're writing things in Golang. We're writing things in Rust. We're writing some things in Python. And in fact, all of those are coming together in a complex network controlled by Kubernetes running in containers, which means the same problems exist. It's just the way you create them is different. Mm -hmm. So studying those abuse cases and understanding the new way that someone can create a cross-site scripting problem, it just means that the same things keep happening over and over again. Um, I would like note, though, that new OS just came out and injection was no longer number one. So right. we're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. You know, the skeptic, which I am, of course, as a journalist, makes me say, like, well, they just needed to change it because people have been complaining that it's been unsolved for too long. So they had to come up with yeah. something else. <laughs> I don't know, of course. <laughs> All right. So is there any final takeaway or a general thought that you would give to people who are struggling with container security other, of course, than buying a tool? What else can they do to kind of, you know, put themselves in a better position to reduce the vulnerabilities in their applications? Well, I think that's a great way to get started. Is it just making sure you're using something to scan containers and making sure that you understand your supply chain um, supply chain has been a hot topic this year because of various breaches where people have been able to control and become part of the build process. Mm -hmm. um, ensuring that you're signing your images, that you're using a private registry, you're not just pulling any old thing from a public registry and putting it into production. Mm -hmm. um, it's more a case of understanding and maintaining your supply chain better. That's a great way to start. A lot of the tools you can get started with in security are free. Checkoff you can use for free. There are container scanner tools. There's a variety of free ones out there that you can go use. So there's kind of no cost barrier to entry to, to getting into security. It only really starts to become a factor when you need to scale up. And that's why products like Bridge Crew exist to make that easier for you. Mm -hmm. But it is very easy to get started. Oh, that's great. All right. So uh, Stephen Jiguer. Uh, from Bridge Crew, thanks so much for your time today and for enlightening us about uh, container uh, vulnerabilities. Appreciate you being here with us today. Excellent. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Thank you. And thanks again to all our listeners for tuning in. 
Until next time, once again, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times. So long for now.